we're back again. We sure are. Welcome to Turns Out She's Psychic, the podcast. On Hump Day Wednesday. Yay. We got act together this time. You what? We got our act together. We did. (laughs) Just. We're making it happen. (laughs) Yeah. For everybody listening. Sucked in, we're on time. (laughs) Hey, Tracy. Yesy. Do you have any book updates? You know I do. I know, and I'd love for our listeners to know where you're at with all that because I'm super, super duper excited. Uh, yeah, I'm super, super, super nervous now. Oh. It's just like really, really, really close, like so close I can smell the pages of this freaking book and oh I'm my just gosh. like, oh, my God. And I am getting nervous. I'm yeah. getting, you know, I'm starting to get a little bit like, oh, this is it. Like, this is, this is it. Here we go. Yeah. It's For like, realsies. It's like just when you're sitting at the top of the roller coaster and it's just like any time now it's about to let go and you're just <laughs> going to have to deal with that stomach drop. Yep. And I just, I'm just sitting there and I just can't stop going to the toilet. They're <laughs> <laughs> cold. Nervous Fair toilet call. visits. Yeah. So I'm probably going to lose a ton of weight over the next month mm. just so everyone knows. If you happen to notice it, it's just because of nervous toilet visits. <laughs> Win-win. <laughs> Win-win. So the book is so close that it will definitely be here before Christmas. Oh. Pre-order should go up in the next week or two. Oh, wow. Okay. There are going to be a very limited number of um, signed copies available. So it's first in best dressed and once they're done, they're done. There won't be any more. Signed, you mean? Signed copies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that what I said? Yeah, it yeah. is. But there's copies, just not... Oh, copies. yeah, more yeah. copies. But yeah. the signed ones, there's just going to be a limited number. So sure. if that's what you want with a personal inscription, you're going to have to get in and I can't make any promises that's going to be left because I've already got a wait list yeah. or people that have already put their name down. Um, so... Uh, I've put my book... name down. Yeah, yeah oh, hello. Good. Just checking. <laughs> I put your name down. <laughs> Excellent. The name uh, is down. <laughs> yes, the name is down. So the name of the book... I don't know if I've officially announced that yet. Uh, I don't think so. What Should is I it? Right now? Yep. Okay, the book is called Who the Fuck Am I? <laughs> I love that it's got a swear word in it. <laughs> oh, I love that it's got a swear word in it. Oh, no. <laughs> so naughty. So naughty. And... I'm honestly just thinking now, what the fuck do I do with it? Who the fuck am I? I know who I am now. What the fuck do I do with it? Now what the fuck do I do? What do I do with this book? So my next book is going to be an e-book and it's going to be what the fuck do I do with my book? Because I am so just going, oh my God, now I've created this thing and it needs to go out and do its job. It needs to work its magic. But I realize that I'm responsible in the largest part for making that happen and to do it justice because this book is a sacred space on its own and it's its own sacred energy and thing yeah and I want to do it justice and I'm just sitting here little old me just getting very kind of overwhelmed with all of the marketing and advertising jargon and the people coming at me and it's just like I just need to stay firm and centered and connected and just intuitively keep moving through this process so I know I'm not going to be getting it right if there is a right or a wrong way these days, I don't know. No. I know I'm not going to be doing it traditionally the way that everyone thinks that they should do it because, you? hey, it's me. Traditionally. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Get um, the fuck out of here. Yeah. But I do know that I have the greatest intentions for the magic inside of those pages. Uh, yeah. And I do know that it deserves to shine. And so hopefully the podcast can help me do that. Oh, surely. Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully. Fucking oath. <laughs> of course it will yeah and you know trust the process and all that shit 
Yeah. All that shit. Yeah. Just all trust it. Good shit. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Oh, so that's your book news. That's the book news. I'm so pumped. I'm so excited. Yeah. Me too. It's I, happening. Yeah, it is. I think that as soon as I get the book in my hands, it's going to be a whole different energy. Yeah. Because we'll finally be united as a complete uh a complete beginning, yeah. Like a a, a complete um, and the ending, but the beginning at the same time. That's your result. Yeah. And, and then it, you go on the next. Yeah. Lap. Yeah. So I'm just going to be patient and wait for that energy to hit when it arrives, and not try to preempt it or control no. it or yeah decide what it is before it even gets here. I just want to hold yep. that book and connect to it and just become one with it and just go off and do yeah. my shit. I know you'll be fine. If there's anyone in the world I know that can trust a process and go with it, it's you. It's true. That's so kind. Am I right? I don't know. (laughs) I try. I was asking the listeners. (laughs) (laughs) I know I'm right. (laughs) But honestly. I know who the fuck (laughs) (laughs) But that's what you teach us and that's what you know yourself. And so that's how it all happened. There is no other way. That's it. I'm so pumped for you. Thanks. Yay. On to today's episode. Woohoo. So we're doing another psychic ability. Clear cognizance. So clear knowing. Nice. So that ties in with last week's a little bit. You know how you were talking about the two can go hand in hand because there's the feeling, there's the knowing. Mm. Um, so step us through the clear knowing. Yep. So clear knowing, clear cognizance is the ability where you're likely to identify if you say, I knew that was going to happen or I just know it's going to happen. Or um, this is interesting because you know how in the first episode talking about clairsentience, how I was saying how it's hard to discern between claircognizance and clairsentience. Yes. It can actually be quite difficult to discern between claircognizance and clairvoyance. So that kind of overlaps as well sometimes because sometimes people might use the language just like, oh, I saw that one coming. Yeah. But really they knew it. They have a knowing rather than seeing an actual freeze frame or vision. Yeah. Gotcha. So um, sometimes depending on if you're a visual person in your mind as well will determine whether or not you use that language. And if you're a visual person, you have a much heightened level of clairvoyance already, which we're going to talk about next week. Yep. But for today, it's claircognizance and we're just going to focus on the knowing. So I want everyone to kind of think about reflecting on their language and if the the feeling and the clairsentience didn't kind of, you know, resonate with you, then maybe claircognizance will. And essentially, it's kind of like a, oh, why didn't I just do that? I, I knew that was going to happen. I knew I should have, you know... Oh, I don't know, chosen that one and not that one, or yeah. I knew this was going to be a nightmare. Why did I bother? And that's a lot of claircognizance. And the more often you say that, it shows you that how not like open you are, but how closed you are in trusting your ability. Yeah, because you've got you've got those uh, things to go on, but you're not acting on them. Correct. You're just looking at it from a behind perspective or a, a a post perspective. So the key is to start looking at it from a pre perspective and claircognizance is very um, thrown around with the same words like precog, precognitive, yep. um, premonition, 
Yeah, sure. So claircognizance, when we speak about having a premonition, we could be talking about the visual component to that in, yeah. in saying as a clairvoyant, I had a premonition because I saw it happening. But as a claircognizant, we can use that language and those terms that says, I had a premonition this was going to happen because it was just a knowing. So one of the things I like to do with my development clients is take them through where, where are times and spaces in their day where sometimes that's stronger. And the best way to do that is to notice the things that you just go, oh shit, why didn't I do that? And what the things that you just go, oh, I knew that was going to happen, go back to what you knew was going to happen and when did you receive that information and how were you when you received that? So don't try and work on anything other than reverse engineering what's happening and going back to when you received that information and that knowing. Don't worry about what you did to, to avoid that knowing or to <laughs> reject that knowing ignore or to let yourself it. down, ignore it yeah. or be ignorant to it. Just really start to focus more so on where were you when you received that? How were you when you received that? Was it in a dream that you just woke up? And sometimes this is where the clairvoyance comes into because dreams usually clairvoyant aligned. But sometimes in dreams when we wake up, we we just have we know what we dreamt. We just know, but we might not remember the vision. So we can take the claircognizance component out of that dream space. Um, meditation is another space where claircognizance can come up just like clairsentience. It can be quite strong. Um, but going, try and find the, t the days where, the times through the days and write them down. Just journal when, like, I don't know, maybe it's on a certain day where you just seem to have a day where you just go, Oh my God, I knew that was going to happen. Oh my God, like what is wrong with me? Like yeah. what is going on? Or a time of day or if it's clear in the morning. Yeah. yeah. And then backtrack it and, and try and find that moment where that knowing came in. And they're the moments that we want to start focusing on. Not the fact that you're ignoring it. We just want to focus on those moments. What to do with it. Correct. Yeah. So then when you get that, psychic abilities or intuitive abilities is all about uh trusting and having faith in the information. There is no point in having it and wanting to develop it and heighten it and be highly intuitive if you're not going to do anything with it. Yes. There are a lot of intuitive people who do fuck all. Yeah, you're receiving all this information and now what? What you going to do? Yeah, it's the now what that really makes a difference as to whether you're living an aligned, spiritually intuitive life. Yeah. Or whether you've just got knowledge, like with so many other things, not just spiritual knowledge, but education. If you've got just life knowledge and then you do nothing with it, we do it all the time. We're all full of so much knowledge and we do fuck all with it. Yeah. Yeah. So spiritual knowledge is one of those things that it can come back and haunt you, for lack of a better word. Like, you know, that's probably the best way to describe it. Ooh. Yeah. Um, are you there? Um, because... It will keep repeating. Whereas if you just ignore life lessons or knowledge or education knowledge, like year 10 trigonometry has not come back to haunt me so far. <laughs> you know, and like year 11, three unit geography, not nothing. Haven't heard a thing. Yeah. Like it's not going to come back and bite you as hard as spiritual lessons are going to. They're going to get louder and they're going to get more obvious before it's a smack in the face. Especially if you're asking for it and still not acting on it. 
exactly what I was about to go to. Ooh. So this is where um, I've been pulling up a lot of people on this lately. And even though it's hard to hear it from their perspective, and I know that, I know that they know I'm saying it from no judgment and I'm just really wanting them to go to that next level. And they've really got to move past that ego. They've really got to move past that judgment of themselves and also holding on to a limiting belief that might have served them and they might think there's nothing wrong with it, which is more important to think that that's why they want to hold on to it. Because they might think that, not that they're holier than now with the belief that they've got, but it's higher than where they've ever believed. But just because you get there, it doesn't mean that that's the end. And if you want more in your life, which is why you come to me, then to get more, you've got to do more. Yeah. And so it can simply be the tweak as to when when you ask for this information and you receive it, if you don't act on it, you're disrespecting your relationship with spirit. Well, it's not how it works, is it? But you're also disrespecting yourself. You're rejecting yourself because the information that's coming through to you is from you. Your Your highest consciousness self is giving you this information to assist you in your human experience. It's the whole freaking point of alignment. Yeah. Spiritual self, human self, come together, live together harmoniously while aligned. It's pretty simple. Yeah. Yeah. But most people take that information and then either interpret it based on their own belief systems, based on their own ego, ego, based on society, based on judgment of people around them. Sure. Based on their own prejudices and biases. Limiting belief. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas ultimately that information raw and true is so simple. It's usually... Yes, no, black, white. Yeah, and then us humans really just take it and fuck it up every which way possible. We do. But we could just keep it simple. Yeah, within seven seconds of that arriving, that brain goes, Yeah. Where do I recognize some of these patterns before? Okay, these are the patterns that I've recognized before, and now this is what we do when we do that. And we just go into more patterns of behavior that we can't undo. Yeah. So claircognizance can be very powerful in being able to bring lasting change for people when they're doing uh, self-education. So my claircognizance really assisted me when I was doing my, you know, my healing, you know, my real down and your down own to the, yep. the bottom of the abyss, like touched the bottom and sat there and had a tea party kind of. Did you ever do that when you were little? Like go to the bottom of the pool and sit there and have tea parties? The at bottom the, of the pool? pool? No. Oh, really? <laughs> Asthmatic Lara did not spend oh, much time at the bottom of a pool. Sorry. <laughs> surprised you did since you nearly drowned when you were this little. was younger than that oh okay yeah I, shit i had tea parties but not at the bottom of a pool oh, who else did that let me know if you went to the bottom of pools and had tea parties That's... and tried to chat to each other and have conversations it was oh, the best okay anyway go for it so these claircognizance though those moments of that incoming to develop your claircognizance you need to first of all be aware of when it's coming and be able to identify it. And this can be a tough gig for some people to quiet their mind, to allow themselves to get to that present moment, to experience that. But with practice, you can get there, but it does take practice. It's not an overnight fix. It's not just like, listen to this podcast and all of a sudden you can do it. Yeah. It's just not possible. What about maybe trying to ask for it at a certain time? Like if you're I don't know, for example, for me, sometimes I just know that something's right, but it's it, it's when something's new. Like if I meet a person and I know we're either going to get on or not get on, or when I see a house and I know 
that's probably the one, but I still look at others. <laughs> or when you meet the love of your life and you know you're going to get married and you just know it. It's yeah. always like at the start, at something new. You oh, either yeah. know it's going to work out or you know it's not going to work out. Yeah, and it's the, it's trusting that, that immediate energy yeah. connection that's just like what does our energy do when it locks on it's each just other? first time and you, and you witness know. it. Yeah. yeah, and that's being present. That's being yeah. present of self okay. and being aware because a lot yeah. of people don't recognize that. You know, we, we think, you know, it's fairly obvious, but a lot of people just live their life on autopilot and Could they that, don't realize yeah. that. Could that be, though, a first step in trying to see if you're receiving a... Claircognizant message? Yeah. Sure. But it depends on if it was a feeling or a knowing. So you yeah. have to just be really careful. Yep. So that's why honing in on, oh, I knew I should have done that, mm. and then reverse engineering it, you'll find the answer very quickly as to when you're receiving it and how. Yeah? You don't yep. have to really just go, oh, okay, so when I had that feeling of when I first met my husband um okay that is what i need to you know mm. remember it's it's not um it's not solid and concrete enough and it's not focused solely on claircognizant and so to develop the abilities we really have to hone in on the actual ability and try and get rid of the others and not use them and just do one on its own yeah like you were saying isolate each one yes yeah so um when you said though, I thought what you were going to say in ten, in terms of like, what about the time? Like, oh. can you like at certain times? And what I was going to say was, um, I say to all of my um, psychic development people that moving forward, you're not open twenty four seven. You're now going to set aside time, morning, night, or both, right. but a set specific time where you open up to receive and close to not receive anymore. And eventually, and very quickly, but eventually it just starts to become that's when you receive. So you can prepare your space. You can prepare yourself. You can prepare the energy. You can prepare your vibration to receive more and more and more and more. The more open you are and prepared you are and surrendered you are, the more you're going to get. Yeah, okay. But when you get it, it's then what do I do with it? And so the quickest, not the quickest, but one of the um, funnest and... um, I guess user-friendly kind of <laughs> ways to develop claircognizance is to keep a journal, just a very quick one, of the things that you just know when you get them. Right. And then on a Sunday, sacred Sunday, just like with the clairsentience, on a sacred Sunday or whenever your day off is, whether it's a weekly, fortnightly or monthly opportunity, look back and see whether it came true, like whether it was a precog or a premonition. And it actually eventuated, which you'll probably know when it happens. You'll be like, I knew it. And then you'll be telling everyone just going, I knew that was going to happen. And that's why I did it. Instead of going, oh, fuck, I knew I should have done that. Mm. So first of all, you can start turning around and you can start seeing actually how powerful it is and how helpful and useful it can be for yourself to see that. But then another fun element that you can add to it is that when you're in your, uh, you know, your space and time when it's like delegated to receiving your claircognizant messages, keep a record of them. But once you get that information, add a little bit of extra time onto it and be just like, okay, show me what's going to happen today. And just like, if you're going to work today, maybe just say, okay, show me or tell me uh, so I know who am I going to have a conversation with today or tell me so I know, um, I don't know, what is 
Joe sitting next to me in that cubicle going to wear, what color is she going to wear today? Yeah, right. You know, um, tell me so I know who's going to call me today. And just see, just see if you can stretch it and surprise yourself because it can be really fun because sometimes and a lot of the times actually it works. Wow, I've never tried that. Because there's no fear really in going, okay, well, just tell me what so-and-so is going to be, what color they're going to be wearing to work. And so just add it on to the end so it can be fun. Yeah. Uh, and it can, and and there's no sort of resistance there. That's just like, oh my god, what if I know something bad's going to happen? No, you're ask, not asking for that. <laughs> yeah, ask for what you want to know, what you're prepared to know. Yeah, and then this is where you bring up a good point in terms of you know something bad's going to happen. You know, and knowing that, mm-hmm. um, this is where it comes down to creating some boundaries around what it is that you receive. Uh, So when I do the psychic development, the first step is teaching people cleansing, grounding and protection. Yes. The second step is starting on the, each of the individual abilities, but within that there's an extra topic that goes with each ability. And the first topic is boundaries and integrity and morals. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. And because it's very, it's like, it's so important to me. And if anyone's going to learn from me and they're going to learn it this way, they can go off and do more and evolve. And I love nothing more than that. But if they're going to come back and think about their very first teacher or mentor or learn it from this way, then they better know that they're going to follow my integrity because it's my reflection. Yeah. And, and I worked too hard to get it. Yeah. And we just don't compromise it. And so we, we, they don't have to have mine. We, in fact, they usually don't. They have some form of mine, but they have their very own strong ones as well that they want to stick to. And that really depends on if you do personal or professional with your abilities too, because that makes a big difference, obviously. Surely. Yeah. 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 So a lot of claircognizance is just going back to when you recognize that that knowing first dropped recognizing that, hey, oh, my God, I might actually be a little bit of a Claire Cognizant. I know, shit. <laughs> um, and then going, okay, well, if I'm going to know this stuff, then I'm going to use it so I, it can help me live through guidance. So I'm going to use it as guidance. But if I'm going to use it as guidance, then I need to use it as guidance. Yeah. If it's going to say to me, look, this is not a good idea, how much more does it need to say it to you and in how many different ways before you go, okay, fuck, it's not a good idea. Yeah, before I you knew it wasn't it. a good idea. Yeah. Why don't you just listen the first time when it says it's not a good idea? When it just whispers. What is it about trust. each of us that just goes, I um I can't just listen to a whisper and, and go on a whisper? But the thing is that our intuition is us. So the louder it gets, the further away you are from it. The, the, the softer it whispers, the closer you are to it. And that's why it whispers to you. Yeah. So for me, like it doesn't even get a word out in a whisper. It's just like, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It makes so much sense. And it also reminds me of being yelly mummy. You know, when you ask your kids to do something three or four times and you, and your Perfect volume, <laughs> your volume changes. Yeah. Goes to be from heard. talking to then being. Not only volume, but tone. Yeah, everything. And intention. Changes. The shift of power. Yeah. All of that. Yeah. That's a lot. You also brought up a point that you just mentioned, which is why you want to do it. Like check the reasons why you're asking for messages. What Mm. are you going to do with it? And why you want to. Mm. Because we want to live in alignment. Yeah. 
And if you want to do it for any other reason, then stop and Thank listen you. to a different podcast. <laughs> <laughs> simple. Just don't be a dick. <laughs> um, and, you know, it's pretty simple. You know, yeah. like there's no two ways about it. Just cut out all of that bullshit and just get straight to it if that's what you want. Because it's really not that hard. It's just not. I was having a conversation with a mentor and client today and she said she had this sort of a question that she came to me with and I gave her an answer and she just said, um, you know, I was thinking that I've got a lot more work to do. Like I need to understand this, what, what this question is and what it, why it's still there. And you know, she's notorious for doing retreats and courses and experiences. And I love that about her because she's so passionate and vivacious about experiences and learning. And it's amazing. Yep. But what I brought to her attention today was that she's using it to avoid what she already knows. There's no way that the universe will bring you a problem if you don't already have what it takes to deal with it. Because it is energetically, physically, the law of physics, you, you can't have one without already having the other there. Yeah. The energy doesn't support the problem to have a solution. So often it's not about going, oh shit, well, I don't know the solution to this problem yet. I need to turn around, go back into the jungle and do some discovery before I can come back with the answer <laughs> to this problem. Uh-uh. The problem is there because you've got all of the answers and the universe is saying now you have to do something about it. The time that it takes you when you recognize that problem, the time that it takes you to do something about it, that's called divine time in there. The longer it takes you to do it, the more abuse, the more disrespect you're showing to divine time. My healing hands just turned on. I cannot mm. do this without them turning on. Mm. So in, in saying this to her and being very blunt and just saying, stop, you have everything you need and you know it. This is it. And I went through it because obviously I'm not going to share it on air, no. but I went through it, what she needs. And she's just like, mm-hmm, you are so right. She's she like, knows. I needed this. She yeah. goes, it's amazing how you, how I say it this way and you just see it the other way. And then it's just problem solved. She's like, I, I don't understand how you do it. <laughs> I don't understand how I do it either. Cause it's not just me. It's my team, but she's, she's trying to escape into spirituality and for some reason, it's become okay to escape into spirituality. <laughs> it's like, it's okay to go, no, I'm going on a retreat to discover this about myself. And all of a sudden, the rest of the world pauses and just goes, look at that spiritual person doing her work. Sorry, but you're abusing divine time. Yeah, because there's work to do. And you've got to do the work. And... I explained to her as well, rather than, you know, we're going a little bit off topic here. I know that, but rather than going out into the jungle to discover yourself, go out into the jungle to grow yourself, go out into the jungle to, to discover what's outside of you, not what's inside of you. There is, there's a retreat where we retreat and we look after ourselves and nourish ourselves and find ourselves. But if you're going to be doing that at every time that there is some sort of issue that is a repetitive issue yep. where you then get lost on a 10-week spiritual journey course and pay a fuckload because those things are expensive and get into all this therapy that basically is just dark energy ego being worked on, shadow self, journey, journeying, 
whatever you want to label it for it to look good and sound good, cool. But you've just spent the last 10 weeks fart-assing around (laughs) and the universe doesn't know that it was because you were in a spiritual space that humans deemed as spiritual space and made it okay to be fart-assing around because it looks good, sounds good, feels good. I'm sorry. It's just another escapism. It's just another avoidance of dealing with your problem. There's... With spiritual work, what I've learned, it comes with such a high level that you need to have of self-awareness where you're all, where your shortcomings are and, and work on them and maybe you're not ready to face the truth. Well, why is that? Correct. But so then you, you don't need, need to go then. Yeah. yeah. But so when you have that why is that, you then don't need to find a spiritual loophole No, no. Well, to they hide don't yourself exist. in. <laughs> But, that, but that's what people are doing these days. Yep. People are falling into that spiritual loophole of just going, okay, cool, I'm going to go over here and do this and get lost amongst this for a little while and dive on in. And it is okay. It's like they give themselves the, op- the, the permission to do that because it's spiritual discovery. Well, We're just coding it. We're heal. just sugarcoating it. Yeah, yeah. Some people's style might be doing that to heal in non-judgment and that sort of stuff. But one way or another, you've got to come out the other end and act on it all. Well, that's it. But that, but that's when it comes down to, obviously, this mentoring client is a mentoring client because she's ready to make the changes. Yes, and knows it. Exactly. Yeah. And she's ready to do the work. Yep. And, so, and she's also signed me up to be her coach so that I can call yes. her to yep. make these changes. Yep. So she's not comfortable. Yep. And she does grow and she doesn't yep. have a choice. She's got accountability. Yeah. And I realize that she sits where a lot of people don't. But either way, I'd like listeners to really just ask themselves for a second, have you spent too much time sugarcoating spirituality to avoid doing the actual work? Because there's probably a lot of little loose ends sitting there that you could just tidy up straight away and get a whole heap of energy back if you just face it. Yeah, just do it. Just do it. Like you say, it's a lot less scary when you actually face it and deal with it and move on. Correct. And that self-awareness that you talk about, when you live aligned, your psychic abilities, your intuition does 90% of that legwork for you. You just have to give up the reins. Yes. This is where that trust and that faith and acting on what the message that you get, whether it's through clairsentience, claircognizance, clairvoyance, clairaudience, whatever it is. Yep. When you get that information, the minute you start playing with that information and transform it yeah. and sugarcoat it and do whatever, the further away you get from the original message. Yeah. Yeah. Take it and go with it. And if you're not taking it and going with it, then why not Correct. deal with that? It's and like a choose your on. own adventure. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So feel into the choose your own adventure, not looking at which the, what the adventures are for instant gratification or delayed gratification. It's just like there's no gratification. My whole life is gratifying. That's the best bit. It's yeah. life. Yeah. And then when there's things that aren't quite right, they're not painful anymore. They just subtly vibrate differently and I'm aware of them sitting there and taking up that space. But that's when I'll retreat with that. And I don't retreat into a, a course. Yeah. I don't retreat into anything that is just like, oh, I've got more work to do. I retreat into my psychic abilities and I meditate. Yeah. 
Or I just lay back and pray and surrender and just go, come on, guys, I'm not getting it. Why? What is this block that's sitting here? Yeah, get curious and explore it. Yeah. And I've got the knowledge. The problem and the block would not be there if I didn't already have what it takes. Yep. I just got to figure out what that is. And I've got to dig deep and find that year 10 trigonometry and that year 11 triple, like three yep. unit geography. I've got to find stuff that I've already been taught. And now's my opportunity to show the universe in energy that I have been taught it and show up in it rather than just saying I know it. <laughs> Love it. So that's Claire Cognizance and a bit of a tangent. And a rant. <laughs> a little bit i get so passionate about it as you can tell yeah (laughs) talking down but but yeah fair call though well there are there are listeners who would feel quite um that 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 was maybe quite assertive or even somewhat aggressive my standpoint but (laughs) i have a whole contingency of people who need that because they can't trust themselves to their own devices and the pain is that bad in whatever shape or form or the discomfort is that bad that they don't want to stay in the same place or do things the same way. Yep. And this guarantees that they don't. Yep. Because I will break you, but then I'll put you back together before <laughs> will... you go. I will break you. <laughs> I will kick your Humpty Dumpty ass oh, off the wall. so funny. <laughs> but I will put you back together and you're going to feel somewhat like battered and bruised and maybe violated a little bit. <laughs> But everyone walks out happy. Lighter. Everyone walks out lighter. Yeah. And it's worth the break. Yeah. And you've really only got to do it once. Yeah. I, I say it all the time. You it's do. just one time that you've got to do this. Just face it. Just once. It's true though. It's so true. And it yep. is just like the quickest way. Yeah. But, you know, with that self-awareness too, we bring in that practical psychology, which is why I'm so fascinated and yeah. have that balance of knowing that psychology side of things yep. to know when there's more going on here than spiritual self-awareness or lack of. Yep. Um, and you can treat both of them separately. And in most sessions, there is an element of both of them. Yeah. I mean, we're all complex individuals. We're all multifaceted. So it is... It is how it is. Yeah. And no two people have had the same experience. Exactly. Even though I've had that many people in the last couple of weeks tell me that their life is like identical to mine. It's just like, you poor thing. (laughs) (laughs) So there's lots of you out there. There's lots of me out there. But, you know, for most of my life growing up, it's just like, why am I the weird one? Or why all me? Like, why why am I the Jerry Springer show in a one-man band? (laughs) (laughs) like what the fuck is going on what did i do so you can entertain us with your stories on a podcast apparently (laughs) so have you got a ghost story yeah i'm gonna entertain you with a ghost story I'm i'm withholding this name Okay. But it's someone you know and I know and we love you and you know who you are. Okay. When I was a teenager, a friend of mine was having a party at her house when her parents were away. Shh. (laughs) I won't tell. That's what it says. (laughs) This girl had been a friend, not just of mine, but also of my family since we were quite young. Unfortunately, one year, many years prior to this, whilst she and her family were on holiday, They were driving home from Queensland and they were in a really bad car accident. 
and her brother, who was quite young at the time, died in the car accident. I wasn't really good friends with her at that time, and it took many years for her family to recover. She repeated a year at school mainly, um, and we became closer friends later on in our teenage years. So anyways, this night she was having a party whilst her parents were away and there were both boys and girls who were staying over at her house. I remember I really, really liked this boy at this time and I was feeling great that he and I had been allocated a room to sleep, not together as I was on the bed and he was sleeping on the floor. You're like that, stop to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's not about you. Hush. Oh, I, I just spoke everybody's <laughs> truth. I was just speaking for the listeners. Sure, sure. Anyhow, <laughs> the room we were allocated was her orig- was originally her brother's room and I remember always getting a strange feeling when going in or even looking in there. There was just something about it that I couldn't put my finger on. So anyways, this night we were going to sleep and I remember I really wanted this guy to make a move as I was too shy and I wasn't entirely sure that he liked me. Ah, those lovely teenage years. (laughs) I feel ya. So we were chatting and gradually we were both falling asleep. Then all of a sudden, as I remember waking up abruptly, as I was so distinctly felt a brush or a touch on my hair or face. I was so excited as I thought it was this guy sleeping on the floor. (laughs) Bold move. That it was finally happening. And then only to put my head up and see he was so completely asleep and the distance from the floor to the bed, there was absolutely no way it could have been him. (laughs) I remember feeling really weird about it and getting this strange feeling as it felt like a male energy and then realising where I was. And then I quickly brushed it off and fell back to sleep as soon as possible. In the morning, I got out of that room and as soon as I could, I thought there was most definitely had been something else going on out there, but I never really shared it with my friend as I didn't want to upset her. I was also a bit upset about the guy not making a move. Priorities. (laughs) Fickle. However, as it turns out, later on, we did become boyfriend and girlfriend for many years. Yay! So that was all good. But... I would just love to hear if Tracy picks up on anything from this story Mm. and also just thought we could share it for the listeners. (laughs) Thank you. We love you. Good share. Thank you. What do you reckon, Tracy? So it was definitely the brother. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Except I keep getting two names coming through. Oh. So we're going to need listener to validate. Yeah. The names that I am getting are Brendan and Scott. Wow. So I don't know whether this is the boy's name, first and middle perhaps, or first and last. I don't know because Scott can be a last name. I don't know. But I'm getting the names Brendan and Scott very strong. And we might have to bleep them out. (laughs) But we'll see. I don't know. Maybe she didn't want us to mention names. I don't know. Mm. No? Keep them in? We'll decide. Wow. Mm very clearly yeah uh and also i have this feeling that the reason why um because i think he's still there just quietly oh okay still like i'm just connecting to him yeah so i feel that i think that maybe his sister might have never gone in that room on her own after he passed away um and he just missed her and he thought you were her 
it's kind of like a, I just wanted it to be my sister and I was checking to see if it was you, if oh. it was her. Um, it wasn't disappointing for him, but it was just like, that's why I was touching you. So it's like, it's kind of like I wasn't being weird. Um, and I wasn't trying to creep you out. I was just trying to check to see if you were my sister. I know. Do they stay the same age? Yeah, they do. They do. Um, and he just stays in that room. Oh, I don't think he stays in that room, but he's still there. He's just showing me the whole thing, like I'm connecting to him. Yeah. And he's just taking me through it. And and I can just feel his sentiments. Um, he's cute. Mm. Um, he was very loved. Very, um, yeah, just a, a very strong um, family di- uh, dynamic yep. within that home. Um, and he just never needed to feel the, the need to leave. Yep. Probably still enjoyed being there with his family. Yeah. Yeah. I was listening to, um, something, another podcast the other day, and it was this paranormal investigator and she specializes in places that have demonic or thought to be demonic portals to hell type places but also in asylums and jails and she just likes to work with the psychology so she's so up my alley as well listening to it um about the psychology behind these spirits and why they why they're there and what they want and whatever and the interviewer asked her um have you ever asked them why they don't leave why are they still there and she said yeah and you only get an answer every now and then, she said, but the answers that we do get are quite similar. And they're basically that this is where I feel safe. Like a jail or an asylum might not seem safe to you or I, but to them, this is what they know. And so a spirit from what she can gather, especially the ones that are the darker energies, tend to go back to what they know. But then you've also got the institutionalized energies, whether they're dark or not. They will go back to what they know. And she spoke of children and she said quite often we go to places and it's children and that's not demonic and it's not low dark energy. It's just children that have been there for a really long time and they just get frustrated and mischievous and they they use all the energy and it's too much for them. They don't know what to do with it. So they don't intend to cause damage or upset people, but it's just their energy and they don't realize their power. But the reason why these kids go back is because they're so little and they don't know anywhere else that feels safe in the human realm yeah, for their spirit. So I thought that that was a really good um, way of the way she explained it was just like, well, that just makes really simple sense. Really yep. does. Are these spirits that haven't crossed over? No, they've crossed over. So why do they even want to go back? Cause that's where they, that's where they feel home. More, Quite often more these so people than yeah. haven't crossed over. Well, the spirit of the person. So the soul is fine, but yep. that spirit feels better in the institution because maybe in spirit their people ostracized them, rejected them. Does that happen over there too? No, but their spirit, because it hasn't healed, because it vibrates lower, it doesn't recognize it. Okay. So they go through their transition and in their transition there's a bit of a hiccup that's this judgment and this fear. Wow. Yeah. Not so. Yeah, especially around suicidals and murderers. Yep. So there's a lot of, um, you know, they're the commonalities between the asylums and the um, jails. 
And so there's lots of commonalities that go with spirits and hauntings and darker energy and why they're there. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just makes beautiful sense to think that if there's a spirit that's inhabiting a place, usually kids, especially, it's why I was saying this mostly, but with kids, they're going to they're gonna feel more comfortable with what they knew in their human life. And that's where they're going to stay if they're here. They don't, they're not always here, but if they are here and guarantee that this listener um, would have been thinking it would have very much been in her conscious and subconscious mind that she was in his room because, like she said, she didn't like going in there. Yeah. And even though she was thinking about boy on the floor, she definitely would have had this underlying fear of being in that room and that feeling. So she would have definitely called his energy to be there. Right. So It's very be... easy to do. Yeah, okay. Mind blown. Hmm. Thanks for the story. Yeah, great story. Love it. And that Love took a us of... in a place that I did not see us going. Thanks, Tracy. <laughs> I love a bit of teenage romance thrown in. Why not? Yeah. I prefer the teenage romance over your paranormal demonic investigation. I know. You sat here with your hand in your mouth the entire time. I'm like, are you biting your nails? What are you doing? Oh, just at the mention of it, you got all woo. Yeah, it's not my thing. Like no when shit. you started talking about the psychology of the spirits, oh. I was like, I'm tapping oh. out at this. <laughs> I could just do my own podcast on psychology of spirit. Yeah. Or on the on the happy ones, I'd be happy to. Not on the demonic, darker ones. Life is not all about the light, Laura. I know, Tracy. <laughs> <laughs> it was just, I don't know, because when you talk about the ones that are a bit more negative and you're marking up, for want of a better term, with their energy, like asking them questions and that sort of shit, like that's mm. not appealing to me. No, well, you're not. You're not well, aggravating was. them. No, she, she wasn't. Was talking. No, she wasn't aggravating them, but yeah. she's well, talking to them. there's a difference. Them. Yeah, that's true. So that that's why paranormal investigation, like there are do's and there are don'ts. Yes. And you just, you've got to respect the spirit. It's like if you had a person, if you had a real prisoner in the jail sitting in a cell with you and the door was shut and it was just you and your mate was in another room doing his own thing as well and you're in this room and that prisoner was standing there would you say, come on, do your worst, come at me, show me what you got? Yeah, that's true. Would you say that to them if they were standing there? No, then don't say it to them when they're a spirit. Yeah, yeah, that's fair call. Yeah. You would sit there and shit your pants if you were in a cell locked with a Hannibal Lecter. Yeah. yeah. I would definitely sit there and shit my pants. Yeah. I would not be there. No. So as an investigator and someone who is safe to do the, the communicating, we sit somewhere in the middle where we have this very healthy respect for who we are dealing with. Yeah. There's no aggravation, there's no instigation, there's no riling anything up. And when you do see that on shows or you do see that on YouTube channels, just stop watching it because they're dickheads and just tell them to be vaginas. Yes. (laughs) On that note, everybody, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Turns Out She's Psychic. And happy new moon for this Saturday, everyone. Oh, yes. So subscribe and rate and screenshot that you've just listened to it and share it on your socials if you feel that way inclined. It's a bit fancy. Well, it is. That's just like Tag me. us. If you do that, tag us so that oh. we can, like, tag it back on, like, put it back onto our story. Oh, and then we can see you seeing us and then we can see you a bit more. And then everyone else can see you seeing us seeing you seeing us. All of that. Yeah. And share your ghost stories. We love you all. Bye.